Welcome to the Strategy and Leadership Podcast brought to you by SME Strategy. Our goal on the Strategy and Leadership Podcast is to bring you practical and actionable tools that you can implement with your teams right away. My name is Anthony Taylor and I'll be your host. Each episode, I'll interview a senior leader or a thought leader that will help you elevate your ability to lead people and drive your organization's strategy forward. Our partner is Cascade Strategy. They're our favorite tool for tracking and executing strategic plans, providing visibility for your entire team, and helping everybody have insight into where you're going and what you need to do to get there. If you're looking to improve your strategy execution, visit smestrategy.net slash cascade for a link for a free 90-day trial so you can see for yourself if you enjoy it and it helps your team move forward. So with that, I want to thank you again for joining us, and we'll get into today's guest. Today, my guest is Kelly W. Powell, if you Google her, who is the CEO of the McLaurin Group, and she is also the author of Courage to Lose Sight of Shore, How to Partner with Private Equity to Grow Your Business with Confidence, which was ranked one of the top nine must-reads of 2021 by Entrepreneur Magazine and Entrepreneur.com. Kelly, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you, Anthony? Oh, I'm fantastic. I'm super grateful. I know that was a really long intro. I didn't even talk about all of the experience you have in your like technical field, which I'll allow you to do, but I'm just so excited to be able to speak with you and, and so grateful to, to have you sharing with us. So maybe you can do a little bit of intro to fill in the gaps of anything that I might've missed so far. Yeah, no, I, I think you did perfect. And we'll, we'll talk about it along the way. I mean, I, you know, McLaurin group, we're a technology operating partner for private equity. We've been on executive teams for private equity firms, been very fortunate to be a part of that fun ride. We've been partners at private equity firms themselves. And so we enjoy helping founders and supporting companies in taking that expertise and with a, a lens that has kind of that private equity investor to, to be able to look and grow, but to utilize technology to do that. So looking forward to talking to you about that today. Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm excited. So tell me, I mean, in terms of the technical background that you have, because you've worked in so many different industries, a lot in the, like technology and immersion technology, what would you say is the number one problem that you solve for people and sort of why is it important and relevant to strategy and leadership? <sighs> Oh, you're going to make me pick one? That's an unfair right out of the gate. You can start with one. You didn't think this was going to be easy, did you? <laughs> well, I think, you know, so I'm going to answer the the, the question from, from right now with what we're seeing. You know, I think one of the things that 2020 certainly showed all of us is that we've got to be able to utilize, you know, being in the cloud in the right way, being able to reach the customers, even though you're not in the office. I'm in the office today, but many of us have been working from home and serving your customers in a way that you can still continue to deliver your products and services to them. And so, and I think a, a lot of people that we've seen and a lot of people that we haven't are, are kind of picking it up and putting their data centers in a cloud instead of really reaching out to someone, whether it's McLaurin Group or someone like us, to be able to say, how do I do that? Because I haven't done that before. 
making sure you get get the full benefits. And we can we can certainly talk about that more as we move forward. And you know, with my background, the other piece that you know the team brings to the table is really thinking about understanding your data and the analytics in order to grow your company. And so I would say if there's one core thing about how McLaurin Group thinks about utilizing technology, it is for scale. So rapid growth to be preparing you for scale. And so whether that is architecture, very kind of that strategic roadmap to being able to think about your analytics or to being able to think about how am I going to deliver to a customer, that's where we start the conversation. And so everything else we do builds on those fundamental things, whether that's an add-on acquisition or other things. So I think I answered the one with maybe four or five points that was... That, no, that's very well. I, we'll I, pick one. I told you I couldn't pick one. You know, no problem. Well, so to foreshadow, I'm going to ask you about the importance of updating your data infrastructure and your technology mm-hmm. infrastructure. And because a lot of people probably look at it and say like, whoa, that's quite an endeavor. But I actually want to like look back in, you know, let's say the past 10 years of some of those big projects that you've seen. So outside like pre McLaurin group, what, what you did in some of the other organizations without naming any names, where did you see like really big wins in terms of those projects? Why did people undertake them? What were some of the wins and what were some of the challenges that you saw in your sort of past previous careers? Yeah. So, you know, it sounds like from chatting with you about who your listeners are, I would start by saying it is okay for you to be wherever you are right now with your technology. Because if you are growing and you're successfully growing, even if that means that you're using technology that you built off of because it is what your roommate in college knew, then good for you, right? Let's celebrate that you're you're, you're where you are. Being able to take technology in a way that you're really honest about being able to scale out. So to your point of not using any names, right? If the answer to your technology is that you're having to add bodies to it every single time in order to be able to grow your customer base, then that's not really scale. So when we are thinking about really that high-level visionary architecture of how you're going to reimagine your your technology, reimagine the delivery of, of your platform, the most important things that we're engaging with is why did you do the things the way you did to understand that it's not necessarily the technology itself. It's the business needs behind the technology. It's why you're doing something. And so as you're looking, I think sometimes folks can get a little bit intimidated or scared about a change in technology. But when you think about being able to utilize newer technologies to deliver, you still have that all of those reasons on why you understand your business better than anybody else and to be able to deliver, partner with someone who can support you in making that shift, right? So I would say some of the most important and how I even got here was being able to be introduced to folks in the industry that I wouldn't otherwise have friends and colleagues because I was in the space of private equity. And they were ones that had experience to be able to say, we're going to do this. We're going to continue to support our clients 
in the way that we are doing it now at the same time that we're doing something different and that that dance that you have to do because you can't just flip a switch for the audience that's listening i'd have them ask themselves are you a little bit afraid of taking that leap you know moving to something and are you able to to do it yourself or do you need to reach out to another partner to help you to do that. So for example, as you're delivering to your clients, do they have insight into the marketplace? Do they know how well they're doing compared to others? Do you know how well you're doing yourself? Are you able to answer those questions to know how to grow and scale? And so much of that is around the data and analytics too as well. I, I don't know if that answered your question or not, Anthony, well, or if you maybe want Maybe I can to ask a slightly it. different question. Yeah. Because we've talked about like the uh, Mm -hmm. private equity coming in. Why is upgrading that technology? Why is having a data strategy important as it relates to organizational growth, whether or not they've sort of had a, a private equity event? Right. Whether or not you've had private equity, data capture is cheap now, but you've got to do it in the right way. And do you know that with your infrastructure and the things that you're doing, can you look your customers in the eye and saying that say that you know they should trust you with their data are you being a good ambassador are you thinking about ways to be able to grow your business whether that's features and functionality that that you may want to deliver now or maybe you want to add on in the future so are you building out your architecture right now in a way that if a client has a need, is that very difficult for you to be able to change and adjust and add on? Or have you thought about your architecture in a way where you can layer in, whether it's new features, new functionality, new product lines to be able to grow your company? Or have you done it in such a way that it's really rigid? A lot of the legacy systems that are out there, they're so rigid that even thinking about doing something new is prohibitive. The way that you've done it, you are going to now implement so much risk and things that could go wrong with the system that you have in place that you're not even willing to now do something to support the customer. And so if that is the case, then you're kind of, you're stuck. And so... Being able to then now have someone look at your architecture in a way, right, regardless of private equity, we will support founders and business owners that aren't in the private equity space because they are looking at being able to grow their company and they want someone to come in and we we call it a reverse due diligence where we'll come in and we'll look at the technology with you and, and talk to you about a strategic roadmap and things that you can do. And then you don't give me where I do not agree with just implementing technology for the sake of technology. No, it needs to be aligned with what is your strategy? How do you want to grow? What is it you want to do? I think what's been the most fun during this past year of 2020 is being able to support folks as they've thought about completely reimagining their platforms in ways that they wouldn't have otherwise had we not had a pandemic. And those are supporting some clients that aren't even in the private equity space, but know that they want to be able to compete on a level where they're growing and scaling their businesses 
and delivering to customers. And so maybe they are thinking about it like an investor mindset, even though they are private equity. What would you say, like they're getting really practical on the ground without giving any anybody secret sauce away. You know, what were some of those catalyst questions that got them on the path to being able to think about reimagining technology? Because obviously it's a big endeavor. It has to be kickstarted even before somebody talks like with you or a company like yours. So what are some of those questions that people can ask themselves or bring to their management teams to start reflecting on, hey, is our is our technology sufficient to get us to where we want to go? Can you maybe give two or three really practical examples? Yeah. So even for some of the folks who say they're in the cloud, like, are you still having, like, during this past year, did you still have to have somebody go into the office and and reboot a server? If you did, you really aren't. (laughs) Right, Anthony, when you talk to people, people say, yes, sign me up, you know, are you looking across whoever is your technology, who's responsible for your technology? And they're saying, no, we can't scale. We can't do that. We can't grow. We can't take on customers. If those are the answers that you have, then okay. No, you're not really at a place where you can scale. If it's more of a, as you mentioned, a rigid system, what if it's like not that bad? And I think that's probably where a lot of people are in. They're like, oh, our technology is okay. It's not great, but it's not that bad. What sort of advice would you give to them to be able to like embark on that? Because what I, from what I understand, you can't build your tech for now. You have to build it for like three, five years down the line. So how do people start that journey of reflection? Yeah. And so one of the examples I use in the book, I talk about kind of like the home inspection when you think about that. Right. So by seeking someone like McLaurin Group, you can have someone come in and have an honest assessment and be really honest about everything that you you have and and what's working and what isn't. And you can decide just like when you're you're putting your house up for sale. These are things I want to fix because I know like nobody needs to see that. We need to fix that. That sink that has been dripping for the last five years, but I've just held a cup under it but it literally would take someone an hour to fix and we move on. Same thing with your technology. Like if there are things that you know, that technical debt that you know that you've been needing to fix, it just has never been a priority, but it sure would make life a lot simpler. You wouldn't be spending the time and effort on it. Right. And right to your point of maybe it's not that bad, but over time it is building up. And I think one of the things that happens is that all of those things that you feel like, okay, well, that's not that bad. Well, that's not that bad. Well, that's not that bad. Well, eventually you now have a whole punch list of things that you have to address and you have to ask yourself, is it slowing you down? Are there things that you could be doing? Is it reliable? Are you putting your clients at risk from a security or a data standpoint? And all of those questions, if you're answering this question and you're unsure, The result of if you were to have something go wrong, whether it's lose a customer, lose a customer's data, be exposed, get something wrong for a client. If all of those things, like if it's not that bad, but you're putting yourself at risk, then it really is that bad. And if you as a company are not able to potentially deliver your services to your clients, then you need to do that. The not that bad, those are all scary things of why I shouldn't do it because it's okay. 
And all of those things are really important. But more important than all of that is where you want to grow. And if it's not that bad because you're able to service your your customers and be there for them, then then maybe that's as as big as you want to go. Maybe you don't want to bring more customers on and that's an okay answer. But being able to do, right? So I talk about investing in yourself and that whole reverse due diligence. We wait until we're going to sell our home to be able to do a home inspection. And then somebody comes in and says, you know, this is wrong with this electrical outlet. You know, it's a risk. Just think about if we did that more often ourselves. When went in, it's like, oh, wow. Okay. Now I've Fix things in my house that I could have otherwise done. It's kind of that same thing for a business. If you want to engage with someone, regardless of private equity, to come in and say, what will we do? How would we do it? How would you recommend? And listen, it's an investment in yourself and in your business. It doesn't mean that you have to do all of those things. But if you don't know what's possible with technology and and it could be that the investments that you're making, you could do something for the same cost of what you're doing now, <laughs> but in a better way because now you're you've explored what does it mean? How can I do that? And not having to hire someone full time to be able to know that you're hiring the right positions to be able to support a new technology. That's really important too as well, because if you haven't done a shift, say from a legacy system that's on-prem to now moving to the cloud, what is it? Do you either invest in the team that you have or what is it that you need to do to hire additional talent? But you don't want to have to hire people that maybe you don't, need full time, right? So, Maybe they're married. I can just jump into a couple yeah. things that I, I heard. So I heard one, that's taking the time. So I think whether that's being on a board, being a CEO or being on a leadership team to be able to do that, what I heard was like technical due diligence, like do an assessment at regular cadence to say, hey, is our tech stack, for lack of a better term, supporting our goals now? Are they supporting our like service delivery goals? our value creation goals and our long-term goals. I also heard, is it reliable? And I saw a cool post from HubSpot the other day comparing themselves to other sort of software solutions. And they're like, we built everything natively versus this has been cobbled together by acquisitions. And I thought that was a really cool value proposition benefit. And it sounds like part of that is like, well, are you cobbling a bunch of legacy systems together like a big matzo ball or Are you actually building something intentional as a way to say, okay, well, is it reliable? Right. And sometimes cobbling is not bad, but you need to make that assessment, right? On whether or not that should be integrated, how it should be integrated, or to your point of, ooh, now we've got so many things that we've cobbled along the way that we don't even recognize the thing that we have. Hmm. Yeah, I get that. And are you putting more effort and investment into that than to move forward and completely reimagining the product and the platform and the delivery in order to do that? And I think right now, if you haven't started to think about it that way, right, why not? Because if ever, again, if ever there was a moment to do that, this past year has been that moment 
of being able to say, look, I, I want to protect the clients that I have. I want to grow my business and I want to do that, be able to deliver to my clients. Well, one of the things that we talked about when we started pre-rolling was, you know, the value creation that, that this type of technical investment can provide. And right. you know, an organization that we both know of and that are involved in, the Association for Corporate Growth, they're all middle market companies that for them to get to that next level, because that's sort of the goal for many companies, hey, what do we need to do? And so I know that there's a lot of different people at different organizations here, but can you highlight, I mean, maybe it's just the importance of technology for value creation long-term, but also again, like, hey, what are those what are those considerations a leader needs to take on? And I don't, I know we've covered it a little bit. It's like, Hey, what do I really need to like do to galvanize my team around doing a strategic change like that? That's going to support the growth. Yeah. So a real example, right? Using no names, you know, when you, when you think about the stickiness for your, for your clients, if you going back to the cobbled of what you have and data integration and all of that, if you've had someone really at a high level think about what is the technology, to your point, that is going to take us not only right now to be able to serve our clients, but three to five years from now, being able to continue to have a runway. If you're going to, to do that in a way that is going to set you up as far as first that first step of having a platform that can serve your business, and are you capturing the data in a way that now not only are you serving that client, but when you think about them going to a competitor, if you're able to provide insight for them with the data and analytics about how are they in the marketplace? Think about this past year. One of the things that folks need to understand, I'm down. Well, how far am I down in the industry? Am I doing okay compared to others? You know, and in some of the conversations with some of our clients to their, to their teams, they might say, Oh, well, we're down in sales for the industry. But yeah, well, but do you realize that compared to everybody else? You're doing great. And it's that what is the, the bellwether to be able to tell whether or not how we are as industry. And so if you've cobbled and you can't get data out and you can't be able to then build an organization around what you have, then you won't be able to provide those insights. And for the companies that were able to provide those insights, not only deliver to their clients, right? Everybody be home, we can still deliver because we're, we have a platform and architecture where we've moved to the cloud. We're in the right way. We're, we've done it the right way uh, so that we can deliver to clients. And then now we have insight across whatever industry that we're in, whatever industry we're serving to be able to then be able to talk to clients about their performance and be able to give them more than just a platform, but a true partner in business to be able to support them in delivering to their clients. Now you have a reason where someone's not going to switch, right? What is your stickiness? Why are clients staying with you with what you're delivering? And so your technology should be aligned in that way to be able to think about from the customer's needs and standpoints. And I know as for me as a customer, right, to your point of, 
I want to know that you've got it. I want to know that if I look how the sausage is made, that you're taking care of my data, you have my best interest. There's not going to be, you know, a slowdown in delivery to me as your client, as your customer. I want to know that you have a handle on technology. Every company, we're all now in technology companies, right? Aren't we? I think all of your your listeners, it sounds like whether you are a technology company or not, you get that we're all technology companies to be able to serve our clients. Yeah, it's serving clients at sort of three levels. And we got a question for the chat, then I'm going to ask you about the book, and then we're going to wrap up. So one, I heard around basically being able to deliver the core value. Is your technology delivering the core value of your product? The other value part is, is your technology, is your data capture retaining customers? Are you doing the things to be a little bit predictive to understanding, hey, what do you really need to continue to serve that customer? And then the third piece is just overall data insights to guide strategic directions, strategic investments, and to say, hey, relative to the industry or just as an overall business performance. So one is delivering business performance. The other is a measure of business performance. And both of them, all three of them can be delivered by a sufficient tech stack. So, or technology investment. So not uh, just sufficient, fabulous, stellar, amazing. (laughs) Yes. Well, enough to get, I mean, to get the job done. Yes. To your point. Yes. To get the job done. (laughs) And in the future. So there's a question in the chat, by the way, if you have any questions in the chat, be sure to put them. If you uh, haven't yet, be sure to like and subscribe so that you can never miss another great episode. But how would you think about the investment slash resource balancing between the technology platform and the human insight sort of value based on the technology? So it sounds like how do you balance the investment between tech and people? And how do you sort of find that equilibrium or balance, if, if that's even a thing? And Maria, let me know if I got that right. It's Maria letting you know if you got that right. <laughs> probably not. Probably not before you answer the question. So. Yeah. So the answer is it depends. And one of the things that's really important when we are supporting a portfolio company or we're talking to you is to understand that balance. And it's going to be different for every company. So I am not going to use just a broad brush to answer that. What is what is important is to understand that. So when you talk about the value base from tech and people, it is both. I believe that technology done in the right way is there to be able to support you and your team and what you're doing. So I I look at that question in two different ways, Maria, and, and hopefully she can put in there whether or not I'm addressing it correctly. When you think about, so let's think about the technologists themselves, especially if you are replacing a technology. To be able to be a part of a team that is now moving forward on technology, as technologists, we're constantly changing. To be able to spend your day using the best use of value of your time for why you are the most valuable. And there are things that you can be doing for clients that are high value. If there's something that we can do with a technology or a platform that is replacing a part of your role, then that only enables you to be able to do more. 
I do not think that technology makes teams irrelevant. I also think that you have to have the right tech teams. And my advice to anyone who is kind of on that tech side and kind of looking and thinking of, especially if you're at a pivotal point of transition, throw yourself at it. You know, let folks know what it is that you don't know. Because there is so much going back to the very start of our conversation today. As you're going through a product reimagination, a platform reimagination, the folks who understand why it is you're doing what you're doing, the business rules behind it, understanding the customer's needs, all of that is huge. And technology is not going to replace that. Technology needs that so that you can pull as much of that into being efficient to deliver to your customers. But that's also going to, the needs are going to change and you have to evolve. And so I think that balance, and just like we as technologists, you have to evolve and be there. And my recommendation to folks is, you know, don't hold too tight on a fiefdom. I think sometimes when we go and people say, well, I need to protect my job. I need to make sure that I'm the expert and everybody knows. And so I'm going to hold on to this really tight. Those folks are actually doing themselves a disservice because if you take the opposite approach and want to be able to have other folks fill your chair so that you can do other things or to be able to scale and grow in a way, say, look, I want to be able to do more. So this part of my job, can you just make that automatically happen? I don't need that. I need to be talking to the customer. I need to be doing these. What is the most value add part of your job? And the other piece of that to be able to say, look, if I'm learning a new technology and I'm in the conversation, throw yourself into it. The honest answer, Anthony, sometimes maybe you aren't the right right person to be a part of the technology shift long-term. And you have to make that decision. But technology is going to change whether you change, you decide to change with it or not. And so it always has to be a personal, personal choice and decision. But people, and even with private equity and with growing, you cannot grow a business without really passionate people who are committed to the business, who want to grow. And as you're growing, you need to do more things. So I think that it's a combination. So Maria, I hope I've answered your question. So she does, she does have a follow-up question, but I'm going to yeah. sort of summarize what I heard. And then in about five minutes or less, we're, I know, we're running out of time. So what I heard was really, ultimately, it comes down to delivering value. It's less yeah. about a, a formula of who, what, when, where, how, why, but it's around focusing on delivering value. Where are those value drivers, whether it be technology or human, and and integrate them such that it provides the highest value. So I'm going to ask you two questions. One is about your book. And if you can summarize your book in a minute or less, that'll be a challenge. The other, which is a great follow-up for Maria, and then we'll wrap up, is she alludes to the fact that tech is evolving faster. What happens when your tech replaces, replaces air quotes, people, and what do you do or what have you, maybe more precisely, what have you seen done with the human capital surplus? What have you seen in your experience? What have you seen done when technology sort of grows faster than people? And what have people done with that, that, that human resource surplus other than downsizing? 
So two easy questions to finish us up. Yeah. Okay. So the uh, first question about the book, the reason I wrote the book, I think private equity is a, a wonderful industry. I wanted to be able to tell some of the good stories about it. Wonderful people. And there are leadership lessons there from having worked with Bill Royal, one of my mentors, from building a business to a billion dollar business and how we did that by just doing the right things and being a good guy. And I, so I think that there's leadership lessons there that all business owners can learn from regardless of private equity. Welcome feedback on the book for folks who will read it. Please reach out to me directly. I'm happy to answer any of your questions and connect with you on the book. From the what have I seen from downsizing and technology and technology moving faster. This was my point earlier, right? The whole value add of where you're adding. And you have to, as a technologist, have an honest conversation with yourself. The downsizing or technology there are companies, as you're growing and you're implementing technology, they need the folks who understand the customer and to be able to support the technology, regardless of what the technology is. So throw yourself at it. Don't get so deep-rooted in having to do it the old way that you don't move forward with technology, right? And so... You can make that decision to dig your heels in and not move with technology. And then you've got to decide what you want to do. From my personal experience, for the companies that I've worked with, whether right now in McLaurin Group or in the past, it is a whole lot easier, a whole lot easier for a company to take the employees that they have who are committed and excited and are helping grow the business and know the business and be able to shift and pivot their role into the what's next than to go out and find somebody completely new. But you have to be willing to pivot and go with wherever that technology and role is going. And it could be that you bring someone in like McCorn Group to help bolster and mentor and support the team to do it. But if you're not the right person and you're just, maybe the technology does change and it's a different skill set. If you're not going to take on that skill set, then you're not the right person for that role, as harsh as that may seem. So you have to decide, do you want to move with the technology or not? Yeah. And the answer is we sure hope so, right? Uh, because you wouldn't be a part of the company if you weren't a valuable contributor, before technology shifted. So be a valuable contributor after the technology shifts and be a part of the growth and that amazing ride of when a company takes a pivot and transforms and, and delivers to clients in a new way. It's so much fun to be a part of that. So I have a hard time when people dig in and say, no, we have to do it because I'd hate to think I would still be doing things now the way I was doing a couple years ago definitely not decades ago. That's part of the reason why I'm in, I'm in the industry I'm in because I like the change and the growth and, and, and riding the ride. So That's awesome. I hope that answers your question. Yeah. Well, what I heard was again, you know, using technology to support people and that like as part yes. of your technology strategy, make sure that there is technology is enabling people and that you have a path for them. And if they don't want to be, you know, leveraging technology, that way, then maybe they're not a good fit. 
Maybe there's a miscommunication. Maybe there's a misunderstanding. But in principle, the technology should actually increase the capacities. It's like Iron Man. You have Iron Man as a person, and then he wears the suit. He's not the suit. The suit just helps him do more stuff. So find your Iron I Man suit. You can use that. I love that analogy. <laughs> That's perfect. Yes. So you, yes. Can, you can use that, Kelly. You can steal that, and I won't mind <laughs> at all. I'm actually, uh, yeah, I'm going to, yeah, our CTO, Alan Williamson, I'm going to tell him and say, look, I'm going to start describing you as the Iron Man suit. So, uh, an excellent analogy. There you go. Love it. It was all, all came from you. So where can people get a hold of you? <laughs> where can people learn more about you and your book? We did put the book in the chat, but where can people get a hold of you? And then we'll finish up. Yeah. So you can reach me at Kelly at McLaurin-group.com. And I am on LinkedIn. I know you're going to put that in the chat too, as well. Welcome you to, uh, reach out share thoughts, follow up from today, as well as anything from reading the book, what you agree with and also what you disagree with. I'm always interested in having a conversation with different perspectives. I think it makes us all more successful as we come together. Absolutely. So, Anthony, thank you so much. It's always fun to talk to you. And uh, I appreciate the energy that you bring to conversations and the support that you do in your network. So Thank you so much for, for being you. Well, it's my distinct, it's my pleasure to be me. And it's also my pleasure to have had the opportunity to share with you. So Kelly, thank you again for joining us today. It's been a blast. Ladies and gentlemen, folks, um, if you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to like and subscribe. If you are embarking on the technology and a reimagination, I really like that word, looking at what is possible for your technology and looking for a partner in that, be sure to reach out to Kelly and the McLaurin Group. If you have somebody who is embarking on the journey at all, send them this podcast so they can reflect on it. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks so much for being here. My guest today is Kelly W. Powell, if you search, because there's a different Kelly Powell. Kelly Powell from the McLaurin Group, CEO and partner. She's also the author of the best-selling book, Courage to Lose Sight of Shore, How to Partner with Private Equity to Grow Your Business with Confidence. Kelly, thank you again for joining us today. Thanks, Anthony. Bye, everyone. See my name is Anthony Taylor. This has been the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us and until next time. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Before you go, I wanted to make sure that you knew about our signature course that will help you better align your team and get them bought into your strategic plan. It's presented really simply that whether you're a seasoned veteran or brand new to strategic planning, it'll help you better understand it. It'll help your team think more strategically and it'll help you better prioritize and set goals. Ultimately, it's going to give you a plan that you can execute successfully. Because you have no idea how many plans that I see that look good, but are missing key components to make them successful. And we cover all of those missteps in the course. On top of all the video training, you'll get access to all of our workbooks and access to our knowledge base and community. The course is only $4.95, and you can get instant access to all of the videos, plus you can use the code PODCAST for $100 off. The course comes with a 100% money-back guarantee. If you don't get value from the course, let us know, and we'll give you all of your money back. So go to smestrategy.net slash course. Use the code podcast for $100 off, and I'm really looking forward to the opportunity to support you and your team in getting alignment and moving your strategic plan forward. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.